0: It's time for the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the conversation from this past week's message.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek Podcast, where we are continuing the conversation from this past week's sermon. I'm Rob, I'm the youth minister here, and this is John Kelly, our discipleship minister. Uh, David Kibler, our senior minister, spoke yesterday on our Fruit of the Spirit series, and the main thing uh, was this, gentleness is power under control.
0: Uh, John, what was your first thoughts uh, about this sermon? Uh, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't here yesterday, mm-hmm. but I did listen to the podcast this morning and got to hear the whole sermon, and uh, one, he talked about what I figured he would talk about, Yeah. Um, and then as we'll discuss later, he, he went a whole different direction Yeah. Um, that probably most people weren't anticipating was going to happen, but the thing that stuck out to me right from the beginning was um, Dave just being very transparent about himself. And how, when he was younger, he didn't see gentleness as something a man should be. Yeah. Um, he saw that as weakness. Mm-hmm. He saw that as as not being masculine, manly, you know. And I would dare say that's probably a lot of guys that, um, if you're watching right now, you're thinking to yourself, I can't, um, I can't just be a gentle guy because people are gonna look down on me. They're gonna think I'm weak. But I honestly believe it's the exact opposite. Um, I think when you're somebody who's gentle and can handle a situation without flying off the handle or treating people poorly, um, you just become much more re- well-respected, much more well-spoken of because you're so well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the uh, value others above yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you
1: do that, if you value others, you're not going to flip out on somebody. Um, because you care about them. If, they, if somebody does something that's not right or they say something that's wrong, you're not just going to freak out on them and talk about how wrong they are. You're going to be gentle with them. You're like, okay, I understand why you think that. But here, let me, let me mm-hmm. give you another uh, or a different viewpoint on this. Um, but he goes in to talk about um, kind of a, a harder topic a little bit. Um, before the very hard topic, mm-hmm. he, he was talking about how people start yelling at each other all yeah. the time. And he says that if you want to persuade somebody, you don't do it when you're yelling. Like no, nobody, no he, And he talks about his kids. and He's like, <laughs> you know, the more I yell at them, the less they listen to me. And therefore, I yell at them more, and then they stop listening to me more. And the best part about it, I was in the in the pews, and I heard just a bunch of kids go, yep. Exactly. I think our sound, our tech guy, um, he's in he's in
0: middle school, and he looks at me and he goes, "Yep, when my parents yell at me, I don't listen." <laughs> and it just made me laugh. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because um, I have a two-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. and this past week, you know, two-year-old little girls are experiencing emotions, mm-hmm. real like emotions, for the first time, and they don't know how to handle them, and they they fly off the handle quickly, and uh, Yesterday, my my daughter she has a, she loves books, and she tries to drag all the books out of her bedroom mm-hmm. into the living room, to where we'll have a stack of 50, literally fifteen to twenty books, and so we've we've got a thing now where she can have four or five books in the living room, and if she wants to bring another one in, she has to take another one back. That's a good rule. Well, she wanted to bring a book in, but she didn't want to take another one back, mm-hmm. and so she fell apart because that's what two year olds do, you know, and I I said I said Ellie come here. And after some persuading, she came over and I sat her on my lap and as quietly as I could, I told her to calm down. She's okay. And in the most gentle way I could I explain the situation, mm-hmm. she stopped crying. She did calm down, which shocked me because I didn't think it was going to work at all. Um, <laughs> she did calm down and she, um, she just really listened Yeah. and I didn't have to yell at her. I didn't have to raise my voice. Um, and it was awesome, and I'm learning. I mean, if you you look online, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, um, I've never seen a Facebook argument ever solve anything. No, yeah. because it always starts out with name calling. Mm-hmm. It's usually political. Yep. So it's you liberal, you conservative, blah 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 blah. Yeah. We hate each other, and then at the end, nobody likes each other. Nobody's fixed anything, and it's because the way they come at each other. Yeah. Instead of just gently talking about a topic, it immediately becomes insulting. Mm-hmm. It immediately becomes, like you said, just kind of almost a, you can see yelling happening on your screen. Oh, yeah. You don't have to hear it to know that's what's going on. Um, you can see the vitriol and the anger, and uh, it's really its really something we're missing today. And I don't know if Dave necessarily talked about this, but I think a lot of it goes back to what we watch on TV now. You think so? I think it all started with reality TV. Okay. Um, I don't remember in my lifetime. You've grown up with it. It's just always been there in your lifetime. Yep, yeah. Reality TV in some form has always been there. But when I was younger, we didn't have reality TV until the real world yep. came out on MTV in like the, the late 80s, early 90s. And it was the first time I ever saw people just scream at each other on TV. And I'm like, what are these people doing? <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was so weird. Well, then every reality show that came out after that they're all screaming and yelling at each other and they're mm-hmm. backbiting and they're and it seems like the one who screams the loudest wins. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's become a part of our society now. We're the society of whoever screams the loudest wins. Yeah, And we think that's right. Yeah, And that's so adversely against the Bible yeah, I know. Uh, and what we're taught
1: here. Yeah, I, I, gentleness will always persuade people. I, I know that in my life, whenever somebody doesn't like something... Um, that I'm doing. Uh, if they come at me and say like, "Okay, what's your what's your mindset? Like, what do why are you thinking this way?" And then they say, "Okay, well, here's what I'm thinking. If it's a good idea, I'm going to do it. Like, I I'm never going to go with somebody that calls me an idiot and says you're not doing it the right way, and it's like, no, you need to do it this way. You need to do your job this way. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, no, I'm just going to do what I'm what I'm doing. But if somebody comes to me and is like, hey, I have this idea, what do you think about this?" I'm gonna listen to them. I'm gonna. They probably can persuade me if it's a really good idea, or if I hear their heart behind it. Like I'm I'm gonna do it every time, Um, especially in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many different people from all so many different backgrounds. We got people from uh, the north. We got people from the deep south. We got people from out west, and it all we all come together once a week. And you just n- you never know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get you get a bunch of different cultures together. People
0: can get frustrated at each other. Well, and, and it's the thing if you've got to be willing to understand that culture. Uh, yeah. We got one guy in the church who I've just been confused by the personality type. And one day I found out where he was from. And the moment I found out where he's from, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Because I know people from that area, mm-hmm. and that's that's the the go-to. That's their mm-hmm. that's their personality. It's the way they handle situations, and it's so. I think it's so difficult for people to want to delve that deep into somebody. I think they just want everybody to be the way they want them to be. Yeah. And if you don't act like I act, you're wrong. Yeah. And I think empathy plays a huge part into being able to have the ability to be gentle. Mm-hmm. I think if you can't empathize, if you can't see outside of your own world, yeah. it's very difficult to be gentle. Yeah. Um, I also think agendas lead to a lack of a gentleness bit, yeah I,
1: I also think that also if depending on where you're from does not give you the excuse no to not be gentle or to handle a certain way a certain situation a certain way and say well mm-hmm. this is because I'm a northerner or just because I'm from the south or mm-hmm. just because I'm uh, whatever it's like no it doesn't give you a reason to be a jerk like no we need mm-hmm. to be gentle and love each other yes and value the other person that we're talking to mm-hmm. above the way that we value ourselves just like you said earlier yeah Yeah. and uh... you
0: want to dive into what he talked about later yeah this was um... it was it was a really interesting turn you know he he said uh... you have to become a a master of the gentle answer which we've talked about Mm -hmm. you've got to be understanding that gentleness is far more persuasive than anger we talked Mm -hmm. about that But then he said, never use the word of God to justify spiritual abuse. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember last week him coming back from studying for a sermon. And it's the first time I've ever seen Dave be somber about a sermon he's about to preach. Mm -hmm. Because he knew this topic was going to be hard for people. And um, just this idea that people will use the Bible or any religious text um, or their their spiritual authority of any kind to actually control another person. Um, how many how many wives of of godly men godly men? I, if you're on our, our podcast, I put my fingers up for Quotes. some quotation marks. But yeah, um, how many women allow their husbands to treat them horribly and then justify it with scripture? Yeah you know dave said they want sex so they so they quote scripture saying well the wife's body is no longer her own mhm and they use that as an excuse to be able to abuse the wife's body yeah you know forgetting the idea that we're supposed to respect and love each other um and then he actually had someone come up on stage and and uh and talk about it and i think for me this this hit really hard because I, when i was in college i knew a guy who did this to a girl yeah who uh, he she he wanted to take their relationship to the next step, to the next level, and um, she really didn't want to, and he was able to convince her through scripture that them having premarital sex was okay with God. Yeah. And whew, that was that was hard, yeah. and it was in our dorm. Um, mm-hmm. we were all gone for the weekend. We came back after the weekend was over and found out about it. Mm-hmm. And the reason we found out about it was because the girl was devastated and had told her friends what had happened. Yeah. And it basically, all, the entire campus knew about it. Oh yeah. Instantly. Um, and it was just one of these things where you just, you're kind of in shock that someone would abuse God's word in such a way that they would take advantage of a woman. Mm-hmm. um, I mean, have you have you dealt with this at any time in your life? Have you have you seen the results of this?
1: Yeah, I've I've had friends that have experienced this, and it, and it seems like it's majority that I've experienced. I mean, this is probably not for the majority of people in the United States, but it's it seems like it's always a couple that came together. They weren't Christian before, and then they started going to church, and this person probably had some abusive signs before. Um, but they use God's word as just another tool in their toolbox. Mm-hmm. They, they say that they, they got yeah. baptized, they repented of their sins, um, but they just use whatever's in front of them to make sure that they can abuse their their partner, whether it's, whether it's men or women.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I've never seen it where this person grows up in the church and is like that. I, know. Um, I know maybe your case was, um, but... The, the two or three cases that I've experienced, especially just friends of mine, um, the guy it's all, it was a guy in both instances or all three instances where he started going to church at a later um, date. He started dating a girl and he he just grasped the sp- scripture that would be effective in what he wanted to do. Yeah and every single time it's it's the same like few scriptures. Um, you know husbands should, um, listen to their uh, wives should listen to their husbands and everything that they do. Like they need to submit themselves. Uh, man why, is the head of the household. The, the man is the, the head of the, the head. household. Yeah, uh, they don't they don't look a verse or two before that ever. They just use that one uh, verse and um, I, the person that did that was on stage talking about this uh, talked about those exact same scriptures. And I was like, man, that's weird that. Uh, it's almost universal, it seems like.
0: Yeah, and the thing, the thing that's twisted about it, and this is kind of where Dave ended his whole message on, was um, when you become a husband and a father, you're the strongest person in the household. Yeah. I mean, that's natural. Like Men are naturally stronger than women. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean women are weak. It's just that we were created stronger. And th- we have strength for a reason, and the purpose of our strength is not to abuse. No. The purpose of our strength is to protect. And what's twisted in that whole situation is that we're taking the strength, because men can be very convincing. And um, like I said, men are physically stronger than women. They can overpower women pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take that strength and you pervert it to get your way, instead of see what's best for your wife or your daughter or your son, that's where the issue starts to come in it's that yeah. it's that twisting of that and when when Christ talks about or when when Paul talks about um, husbands love your wives, women respect your husbands, he also says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church yeah and you see all through the New Testament that the church is the bride of Christ mm-hmm. and if you watch what how Jesus reacts in the New Testament, he relentlessly oh, yeah. Relentlessly defends the church, yeah. always showing the utmost respect for his people, and that's why he turned over the temple because there was a disrespect yeah. for his bride. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how a man can look at a woman that he's there to protect and to love and to care for, and to do something like that to them. I can't comprehend it. I don't. My brain doesn't yeah. doesn't comprehend how that works. Um, all I can say is it is one of the purest forms of evil there is. And uh, Dave said something yesterday. It was pretty bold. It's pretty bold. He said it. He goes, I know I can't make the final judgment, but I have a feeling those people are going to be thrown in the darkest sections of hell for taking God's word and perverting it mm-hmm. in order to abuse another person. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I do love what he also talked about. Um, he, it was a very short part of the sermon. Um, but he talked about if you are in an abusive relationship or you are the abuser,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he goes, this is the place that you need to be absolutely the, the church is where you need to be um, either you are you need to repent of what's going on or you need to come here and you need to be healed now, I know so many women uh, well not so many there are quite a few women probably in our church that have dealt with some sort of abuse and some men what and some men uh, yeah. whether it's whether it's spiritual or just abuse in general whether it came from a a a godly place in quotes uh, or just physical abuse um, with no signs of spiritual sides behind it Um, this is the place that you need to be like the church is such a place of healing um, a place where you can find family Um, and i'm so glad he said that uh, because it's very easy just to beat down to beat down to beat down and there's no like okay well there's no redemption this. no there's so much redemption that can happen uh, even if you've gone through something in your situation, um, I, there's a there's a song that we sang, and it says, uh, "Sin runs deep, uh, but your grace is more." And where grace is found, that's where you are. Mm-hmm. And I love that line uh, yeah. in that in that song uh, because if you can find grace, that is where God is,
0: one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred thousand percent. Reconciliation is so important. Yeah. And that's where the church needs to model gentleness the most. Yeah. Um, I would dare say if any of us knew of someone in our church who was abusing a family member that way, our first reaction is we want to punch them in their face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like, we would want to physically harm them because what they're doing to this other person and perverting God's word in the process. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know if that necessarily should be the natural reaction, but it probably is the natural reaction of of any man of God who is just... Cannot believe that somebody would do that. Yeah. But that's not the reaction we're gonna have. Um, it's it's that idea of bringing these people in and saying, "We love you. You're wrong, and we need to fix this. Mm-hmm. You're wrong, and you need the grace of God right now. You're wrong, and God will reconcile you. Yeah. God will redeem you. Yeah. He will. He will take this ugly nature that's inside of you, and he'll twist it. Mm-hmm. He'll turn it upside down he can make you into somebody who you're not right now. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to happen outside the church. No, I can I don't think it can. It, it's not possible. Without Christ, it just won't happen. Um, you can go to counseling and you can do all that stuff, but it's really it's like putting a band-aid on on a on a on a torn vein. Yeah. You know, it's really not going to fix it. No. You you've got to actually take care of the wound correctly, and the only way to do that is through Christ and through the grace that he brings. So, well, that was our uh, midweek podcast this week. That's, yeah. Dude, I love doing these with you. I know. <laughs> this is fun. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, we are uh, we are on YouTube. If, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, why don't you hit the subscribe button and then click that little bell for notifications. You'll get emails every time we put up one of these videos. Uh, this is our midweek podcast where we continue the story and the message and the conversation from this past week's sermon. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.